Off the ball. Somebody says this is bizarre radio. Ice cream on a pancake. Tuna. <laughs> He's brought shame to the whole town, village where he lives. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB's Rugby Daily with Deliveroo. Delivering matchday meal deals throughout the Six Nations. Welcome to Thursday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormack. On the way, war is over in Wales for now. And we'll hear from Warren Gatland as their Six Nations test with England gets the green light. A senior Ireland international is linked with a move to France. And another Connacht stalwart has extended their stay in Galway. Rugby Daily is brought to you in partnership with Deliveroo. Delivering matchday meal deals throughout the Six Nations. First, we start with the Ireland team to face Italy in the Six Nations on Saturday. As expected, Andy Farrell has made a number of alterations to the team that accounted for France a fortnight ago. Two of them enforced, of course. The one we knew about was Ross Byrne graduating from the bench to replace the injured Jonathan Sexton. And as expected, Tyke Byrne's place in the second row goes to Ian Henderson. Elsewhere, Bundiaki returns to inside centre in place of Stuart McCloskey. And Craig Casey gets the nod at scrum half, replacing Conor Murray. In the pack, Renan Kelleher starts at hooker with Rob Herring dropping out of the matchday squad. And Jack Conan comes in at number eight with Caelan Doris swapping to the blind side and Peter O'Mahony dropping to the bench. Farrell says he's not made changes just for the sake of it and feels there will be no issues with continuity. I don't think there's that many changes to be fair. To be fair. I mean, you look at the you look at the bench. It's people who's come on and earned the right to to um, to get a starting spot because of the performances that they've had, you know. And again, uh, the, the lads that have come in for the for for the first time in this competition, they've been with us for for four weeks. So the reality is that this is our third game of the competition, and we expect it to be our best performance of the competition. That's how it should be, and and that's what we're aiming for. Italy have lost their first two games of the campaign but have won plaudits for the manner of their performances. With that in mind, Farrell isn't taking a win for granted in Rome this weekend. They look a lot um, fitter, um, a lot more cohesive, etc. And there's a reason for that, you know. There's a, there's a lot of accountability in how they play, uh, especially in the set piece um, and especially in their attack, you know, in how they go about playing. So they're energised. There's a belief in how they play the game and... Uh, yeah, we, we've no doubt that they'll be expecting um, to um, be at the best against us and they'll be expecting to win, you know, as as as, as, uh, as we would as well. And the Ireland head coach won't be accepting a reduced level of performance from his changed-up team in Rome. Well, there's there's obviously things that we, we need to get better at and when I, when I say to you that this is our third game and our performance should be, should be better than the second one, so there's... There's a there's a fight and a want to 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 get to that point. Um, so again, we've we've full respect for for Italy. Um, but having said that, it is about us. It's about us and our performance and making sure that we um, we improve in a few areas that we want to and get something out of this game that we're that we're chasing. You know, because we um, we obviously want to do well in this competition. Um, but Italy, Italy. Um, Obviously, chasing that win at home, and it's a big scalp, isn't it? You know, so we we know the the emotion that they've always had, but the skill that they've put in with that now makes that makes them a serious threat to us. So we're aware of that, and our preparation says so. So let's bring you through that Ireland team in full. It's an unchanged back three with Hugo Keenan continuing at full back. Mac Hansen and James Lowe remain on the wings. It's a new centre partnership of Gary Ringrose and Bundy Aki and an all-new halfback partnership of Ross Byrne and Craig Casey. 
In the front row, Andrew Porter continues at loose head. Renan Kelleher is in at hooker. And Finley Bealham continues at tight head. In the second row, Ian Henderson partners James Ryan. Caelan Doris, as we mentioned, switches to the blind side. Josh van der Flaer continues on the open. And Jack Conan comes off the bench for a start at number eight. The replacements are Dan Sheehan, Dave Kilcoyne and Tom O'Toole. Ryan Baird provides cover in the second row. Peter O'Mahony is joined on the bench by his Munster teammates Conor Murray and Jack Crowley with Stuart McCloskey covering the other backs. On the Italian side of things, Kieran Crowley makes two personnel changes with Paolo Garbisi fit to make his return at out half. He'd missed the first two games for them through injury and tighthead Marco Riccioni is replaced by Simone Ferrari. The Italy team in full has the live wire Ange Capuazzo at full back, Eduardo Padovani and Pierre Bruno are on the wings. In the centre, it's Juan Ignacio Brex and Tommaso Menoncello. Paolo Garbisi and Stephen Varney are their halfbacks. In the front row, it's Danilo Fischetti, Giacomo Nicotera and Simone Ferrari. Nicolo Canone and Federico Ruzza are in the second row. Sebastian Negri is on the blind side. Michele Lamaro captains the team from the open and Lorenzo Canone starts at number eight. Peace has broken out in Wales, at least for the time being. On yesterday's podcast, it had just broken that their Six Nations game with England will go ahead after the players removed the threat of strike action. The 60 cap rule in the Principality has been lowered to 25. The variable elements to player contracts have also been altered, with players now able to choose between a higher potential salary based on bonuses or a lower guaranteed salary. Players will also have representation on the professional rugby board going forward. And the contract freeze that affected more than 70 players in Wales will be lifted as of next week. It's believed two-thirds of the 80-plus players that gathered at the Vale Resort yesterday voted in favour of the compromises. Speaking afterwards, Wales captain Ken Owens says the situation of the past fortnight can never be allowed to repeat. Welsh rugby can't keep going on this merry-go-round of crisis after crisis because it's affecting everybody in the game. Players, supporters, administrators, grassroots clubs and everybody. I think... With the, the events of the last six to eight weeks, I think everybody in Welsh rugby, we need, really need to pull together now to find the best way forward. And we need to do it collaboratively together to put Welsh rugby back at the top end of world rugby and not the laughing stock, which I think we are at the moment. With the war over, Wales players returned to training today and Warren Gatland named his team to play England in Cardiff. He's hoping the battle will have left minor scarring on his players. Guys are good this morning. Um, we had a meeting with the players just to announce the the team uh, to them and to see look it's an opportunity for us to draw a line under the sand and just focus completely on preparing for Saturday. Gatland has made nine changes to the team beaten by Scotland a fortnight ago with Dan Bigger the highest profile player dropped. In his place Osprey's out half Owen Williams starts. Lee Halfpenny returns at full back with the fit again Louis Rees-Zamet in for Rio Dyer on the wing. Uncapped Cardiff centre Mason Grady will start ahead of George North. There are changes either side of Ken Owens in the front row with Gareth Thomas and Thomas Francis both starting. Daffod Jenkins drops to the bench with Alan Wynne-Jones restored to the second row while experienced duo Justin Tipperick and Talupe Faletau return to the back row. Gatland says the week's events may have informed his decision to bring back in the likes of Alan Wynne-Jones, Tipperick and Faletau. Yeah, possibly. Some, you know, like some of those ex- experienced players have been through a lot of big situations. They've been through... Uh, and Grand Slams and winning Six Nations and um, World Cup semi-finals, so yeah, they've handled a huge amount of pressure. And there's you know, definitely been, um, you know, it's been a challenging week with all that's been going on, particularly in the earlier part of the week. And so, you know, definitely some of that experience, uh, 
you know, the, one of the other things was if you look at uh, five English players were involved um, in the 23. Um, we had to make a call on that because if we didn't name the team on Tuesday or didn't notify their clubs that they were involved in the 23, then they all would have had to go back to the English clubs on Tuesday. So that was a you know something that we had to to consider and, and debate. And I was asked by the players not to name the team on on Tuesday, um, and that was about as much as about protecting them as well because. If the, day, if the game did call, get called off with naming 23, then you know, all of a sudden those 23 players are in the spotlight for almost being accused of calling the game off. And then I know what happens after that. And you guys go around and you individually target them and ask them, you know, did you want the game to go ahead or did you not want the game to go ahead? And they potentially get isolated. And so it was about, about as much about protecting the players and the squad until... We had confirmation that the game was going ahead. For England, Steve Borthwick makes just one change to the team that beat Italy a fortnight ago. Anthony Watson makes his first start in almost two years, starting on the wing in place of the injured Ollie Hassel Collins. Courtney Laws could make his return to the England fold off the bench, where there's also room for Mako Vinopola. Now to some transfer tittle-tattle, which could have a bearing on the Ireland squad. Ian Henderson has reportedly attracted interest from Toulouse. The Ulster player turned 31 this week and his contract takes him up to the World Cup in France. Planet Rugby claim a move for Henderson to Toulouse could see Springbok forward Reinhard Elstadt move in the opposite direction. Gavin Thornbury, however, is going nowhere. The Connacht Lock has signed a contract extension taking him through to the end of next season. Having left Leinster for a short spell in New Zealand in 2016, Thornbury's gone on to represent Connacht on 71 occasions since joining them in 2017. He started for Ireland 8 against an All Blacks 15 at the RDS back in November. And finally, Racing 92 have confirmed that Freddie Michelak will join their coaching staff under Stuart Lancaster next season. He's to leave his role at Toulon, where he's worked as Individual Player Development Officer. Michelak has signed a three-year contract to become Racing's new attack coach. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed to get all of these rugby podcasts first and all of your latest rugby news. My name is Richie McCormack and I'll have more Rugby Daily for you with thanks to Deliveroo tomorrow.